I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I am in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And joining me on the other line in the satellite branch from scenic Hamilton, Ontario, drug to the gills, it's your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. Uh, 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 uh. It's drug Caitlin day, y'all. I feel like there's a little mini disco ball. You love to hear the story again and again about how Caitlin was dying and took a whole bunch of drugs before recording. Yeah. Happens a lot. Happens a lot. But the worse Caitlin feels, the better content you get. So. <laughs> like a kettle. <laughs> blasting off into the, into the future. Yo, put that on the board. Future kettle. Future kettle. <laughs> That sound. From the makers of Infinity Train, Future Kettle. <laughs> <laughs> Friends, good lord, this is episode 230 of the Geek Down Podcast. If you would like to listen to any of our other 229 episodes, you just head on over to your audio content provider of choice, whether that be Spotify, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Stitcher, I guess. Sound bites. Sound bites. Are you making stuff up again? I just made that. Made that <laughs> All up. right, put that on the board too. <laughs> and henceforth, if you hit follow or subscribe, new episodes of this program will be brought to your device, not new episodes of this device, which is what I said last week, and I didn't catch it, and it haunts me to this day, y'all. <laughs> ah, that's funny. You're an idiot. Wow. <laughs> you know who's not an idiot? The man who's going to bring new episodes of this program directly to your device every week on the back of a rainbow main alicorn named Philip. That's your man's. Chauncey Fasolik is the third geek down internet elf. Oh, girl, Jesus, he just loves to slap those episodes straight into your device. You don't have to do anything else, and you won't even notice because you're too high. That, or you're sleeping, or you're stuffing your face full of Cheetos. That's <laughs> basically 90% of how the geek down uh, lives their life. If you would like to tell us other ways in which you live your life, little lifestyle improvements, little life hacks that you have, and how to more effectively shovel Cheetos into your mouth, you can hit us up on twitter.com slash geekdownpod. That is where the show lives. Do we still live on Facebook? You hot one and done there, kid? Or uh, If you would look, you would see <gasps> that the post was done. For this week? Did I, did I do it five minutes before we started talking? <laughs> Maybe. Because <laughs> she knew I was going to bring it up. Because <laughs> I, and I also forgot. It was like, Geek Down Podcast, that's a thing we do. Oh, I should probably post that. Did I post that? I'm sure I posted that. Caitlin, I think that was last week. Oh, other Caitlin. <laughs> that's why all the Caitlins knew what happened on Twitter this week. She had to go there for the image. <laughs> oh, God. I love her so much, y'all. But you can go over to Facebook, too. If you're so inclined. What's up, Jacqueline? Yeah, and so, like my mom. So, Jacqueline and Linda. Oh, uh, we're sure your mom doesn't listen anymore, right? Oh yeah, no, definitely not. Okay, good. Well, if you're if Caitlin's mom is listening or anyone else with more money than us wants to uh donate to this program financially, don't. 
Save your money. Save your money. Your retirement age, you're about to be on a fixed income. You need to save that money. The pandemic is still here. We've had a solid week of decreased cases here in Ontario because miraculously, y'all figured out, stay the fuck at home. Although I don't know what the hell was happening at Major Canadian Retailer yesterday because we got to do curbside. So I basically like run through the parking lot for, you know, eight hours. Throwing, thi- oh my gosh. throwing jigsaw puzzles into people's trunks. And all that was happening <laughs> throughout that parking lot was just people with Chick-fil-A. The fuck was going on? Were they giving away sandwiches yesterday? What was going on at Chick-fil-A? No, we don't like Chick-fil-A. I know, I know we don't like Chick-fil-A. I don't, I don't get it. If they were eating Chick-fil-A, you should have withheld their puzzle. <laughs> no puzzle for you. You will never know what this Parisian bookstore looks like. What this field of flowers <laughs> looks like. I have a puzzle just waiting for me <laughs> just for waiting. Monday. Because you, guess who oh, took a holiday? Saving this that, kid. Saving that puzzle? I took a day off because I really needed a day off there. I wasn't thinking about work or the pandemic. Um, and I was like, what could I do on my day off? Uh, and beca- Because I've watched all of Vera, I have... Nothing to watch at the moment. So I was like, I'll do a, a home spa day, which is me just having a bath mm-hmm. and a puzzle. At least that's part of it. So far, it's shaping up to be a great day. <laughs> well, this, this brings up an interesting point because you knew what you wanted to do. You knew what you wanted to spend your money on, how you were going to do it. Not saying that you have a sickness for puzzles, but, you know, you were very firm. You were able to decide quickly and make that decision. Kate, yeah. what's wrong with my sickness this week. Oh no. Is it still happening? No. What? And, oh. And I'm concerned. I'm I'm sorry. You, you okay. I will do I'll do this well, briefly. Uh, Caitlin will remember okay. off my Caitlin and I and most everyone in my life has had the conversation with me about there's a store in Toronto that has gotten a couple reissues of like all-time classics that I would, you know, probably have picked up in Japan. Um and at the same time, I had a card on Discogs of a bunch of, like, cheap heaters for, like, 6 $7 a pop. The totals were going to be about the same. But do you go for the all-time classic, one all-time classic, or a bunch of cheap heaters? And I've heard varying opinions. Kate was very much on the cheap heater side of things. And yeah. I was kind of leaning that way as well myself because, on the one hand, it's like you kind of get so used to not having the all-time classic and also... It's the appeal of discovery. The cheap eaters, maybe I kind of knew the cover or I was like mildly familiar with or I didn't know them at all. And I went on YouTube and listened to a couple songs. And I was like, damn, those are kind of fire. The rest of the album might be crap, but I will get to. I got one in there. Just the cover's dope. I can't even find it on YouTube. It doesn't exist. But the cover looked dope. The description said synth pop funk. Okay. Sounds good. Doesn't sound good to me. And I'm also at a point now where it's DHL, so it's not going to get mired down in the, uh, you know, Petri dish that is the uh, Canada Post (laughs) Gateway Depot. Because we have a, uh, the major inbound sorting facility here in Toronto, Greater Toronto area is just awash with COVID right now. (laughs) So inbound packages are getting a little backed up as they try to figure out uh, how to remanage this because they've had to cut shifts. Um, but it'd be coming DHL. So just, you know, straight to me, you pay a little more for it, but I apparently hit some point in the shipping where just like, yeah, you can get like six more records and the shipping won't go up. Okay. 
So I have a cart of 11 records. What a cool guy you are! That would have cost as much as this one heater was. Caitlin. Yeah. Why, after a night of three consecutive nights of going through this man's inventory, I've ordered from this guy before. I have all faith in him. He's, he's a wonderful seller. I go through, I evaluate, I move, I add some things, I remove some things, and then I shut my laptop and I go to bed. And I don't click buy. What's happening to me, Caitlin? Caitlin, what's I mean, happening? There's so many things I could say that are mean, so I'll just put those two aside. Maybe it's because uh, you bought a bunch of records this year, and because it's sort of um, become a main event, it's not doesn't have the same thrill. Caitlin, yeah, that was last year. <laughs> it's 2021. Thank you. I'm okay, but in the last, I don't think Caitlin, I bought like, a single record this year, Caitlin. <laughs> oh my god. Um, actually, that is a little weird. What's wrong with you? Uh, this, right. Oh my god, January's almost done. What are you doing? I'm sure if I really went back and crunched it, I'd have to double check. Maybe I maybe I got records early in January. <laughs> I was gonna say, um, I don't know. Maybe it's just because you're home all the time and everything is kind of like gone gray. You know, food is tasteless. Um, the sky is gray. Everything's gone sort of like a sepia tone. Could that, that be it, or is that my depression? Um. It's mostly your depression, but that could be too. that could be it too. I mean, we're all depressed because I look outside and it's like, wow, it's a beautiful sunny day outside. It'd be a good day to I, do what? Do what, man? Do what? <laughs> you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Let's go for a dig. Go flip the go. I'd like to go out for a dig and look for the record stores and go through the record stores in the city. No, you ain't doing that. Nope. <sighs> so I mean, I. But I, you know, you know what? You know what though? Mm. I have to. I have to say, I'm. On the on the sides of the spectrum of like people who are well equipped for this pandemic, I got to be top of the list. Like my day off, I was like puzzle go. <laughs> that was my number one. I was like maybe no, a bath. No walks. We ain't going for no walks. We ain't getting a curbside uh, tea and a stroll through downtown Hamilton. Nope. Nope. Bath puzzle done. Probably book. I'm try- I'm thinking I'm going to keep uh my Monday holiday away from television because mm. every day is a lot of television. <laughs> so, yeah. But being alone, all good. Don't want to see anyone? Nope. At a girl well, that good good to know. Don't send Caitlin memes on Monday. Nope. No memes. I'm not going to answer you. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's how was that how was that different? <laughs> Uh, hey, though, at least you're not the only one. That is true. She's like yeah. that with everyone, y'all. Uh, yeah. Moving on. Caitlin says there was no news. I found some things that are uh, randomly worth mentioning, both uh, good and ill, I guess. Um, we're not going to talk about it. And had I known more about it last week, we probably would have talked about it. But just for posterity, the GameStop story is the wildest shit I've ever seen in my life. Uh... I I love it. It's fucking great. Best summed up in, speaking of funny memes, best summed up in the memes where, like, it's a script, and it's, like, rich people, and then it's Spongebob letters, like, you know, if only the poor would learn to invest their money. Poor people are like, okay. <laughs> rich people All go, right. oh, no, wait, um, no, hold on. You know why this happened, right? 
the main reason this all happened. <laughs> she's going she's gonna to boil it down to the one issue, y'all. Go ahead. Because everyone's stuck at home and they haven't got their uh, puzzles because we they've been eating Chick-fil-A. Right. <laughs> so they needed something to do. Friends, there are great websites and tweets that can sum it up for you very nicely. Uh, the gist of it is a bunch of, you know, proletariat average Joe investors organized on Reddit and basically inflated a the price of GameStop stock because a hedge fund was trying to sink it. And they basically bankrupted a hedge fund for like a billion dollars. That's the very brief, brief version, but look up the tendies example. There's a great example using chicken tenders as a metaphor. (laughs) Oh my God. Amazing. Anyway. Um, speaking of things, that was a really, that was a really fast, like, it's far more, we were going to talk about it a little bit more than that. It's way too, it's way too complicated to break down to the, break down for our average listener. No, it's way too complicated. So it's insane. That's all I'm saying. Y'all it's insane. It's more insane than you really, God, she's chomping at the bit and I'm scared of her because she's got junky strength. So go, (laughs) you haven't even seen my final form yet. (laughs) Um, okay. So in when you are playing the stocks, there is an option uh, basically where you get to bet against how um, a stock will do. Um, and a bunch of these hedge funds um, bet against places like GameStop and BlackBerry and whatnot, um, saying that they are not going to do very well. I don't know how that part works, but I know that's an, of what you can do, which I think is, should be not allowed. But anyways, the- um, you're just betting against... You know, a horse. Basically. And despite despite her claim that she had this on lock, she's missing a very important point. You are borrowing the stock from a broker. You're not buying yes. it yourself. You don't own the stock. It's a combination of both of what we're saying. You're borrowing the stock on the assumption that it's going to decrease in value so that when you then give the stock back to the broker, you're keeping the difference of whatever it originally was at. Yes. And that was the assumption that these hedge funds were making on GameStop, which by all accounts as its business model moves primarily to digital should be collapsing. But just these dudes on Reddit were like, man, fuck it. <laughs> and, and drove they all started up buying the, the stock. They started buying which, it and drove up the price, which means now instead of keeping the difference when these hedge funds have to give back the stock, cause they borrowed it, they didn't buy it. They borrowed it. Now they're on the hook for how much the stock went up. Yeah. So, you know, if, I, if you borrow the stock, and it goes down to $7, you give it back to the broker. If you bought it for 10 and now it's worth 7 you keep that $3, right? But yep. if Reddit drives the stock up to $25, when I give back the stock, it's now worth 25 I got to pay the ad extra 15 out of my pocket. Yep. That's the game. And this has happened on a giant scale because it's been, you know, artificially, uh, artificially inflated. I don't know, a bunch of dudes that got together and... It's basically the average Joe's using the same rules that the hedge funds use, and the hedge funds are like, what? And it's broken As, capitalism because the stock market is fake and tax the rich. That's the... Well, well, or eat the rich, you know, one or the other. Um, the best thing I heard about this was capitalism does not work in an equal society. No, if you look at it, it's like it's like capitalism, capitalism for the poor and, you know, selective socialism for the rich. Like... That's how, that's what Bernie's been yelling about for, for years. I thought you just wanted some kids off his lawn. <laughs> Listen, Bernie's the goat. Oh, yeah. Bernie slapped that shit on a sweatshirt, sold out, <laughs> took the funds to Meals on Wheels. 
in Vermont, someone else tried to make money off of it. He got them on the horn to get, give more money to like charities and stuff. Like Bernie walks the fucking walk. So that dude is a okay with me. Um, basically, yeah, it's just exposed the systemic inequalities in the system and it's been turned against what was the line I saw? Wealth does trickle down. You just need to make them bleed first. Ooh, <laughs> girl. Can't, can't remember who, what Redditor said that, but like, so basically, you know, they were using this app called Robinhood, which allowed small trades for free. Normally you have to pay a broker or whatever. The Robinhood app did not demand that because they are selling information. They make their money by selling information to other hedge funds, you know, analytics right like the average joes mm-hmm. are buying the average joes are buying this so then the hedge funds and the the major hedge funds can get out in front and you know try to spot trends that way that's how robin hood made their money robin hood did not expect this was going to happen and you know actually would be used to uh take money from the rich and give to the poor so so what? weird so weird <laughs> the robin hood app could be used that way yeah and now there's been all this pressure on these dudes to like the call on friday last i saw was like do not sell like twitter twitter was just organizing be like my bros do not sell like because they're trying to put pressure on this is breaking capitalism wall street doesn't know what to do it's going to be a financial crash they're just trying to panic you the shit's all fake anyway like (laughs) it's all just based on assumptions and beliefs so it's gambling yep so if you are interested, it is, a, it is a wild story. What does it mean for um, most people who are not in, involved in the stock market? Probably The nerds have taken much. over. They really have. Um, and I already feel like I'm punching above my weight trying to talk about this, so I'm going to hit the eject button. That's the basic gist. It's been fascinating. I've enjoyed becoming an expert in the stock market with all of you this week. It's been, <laughs> <laughs> it's been, uh. it's been fantastic. Updates to numerous things that we either care or don't care about. Oh, man, Kate. Got a release date for that Snyder Cut. Did we? I thought someone just wrote soon. Who's <laughs> was excited to while away, uh, you know, seven years of their life watching the Snyder Cut. March 18th, that comes to HBO Max. With so many more hours of footage. Mm. Am I going to sit yeah. through that just for the discourse, though? No. <laughs> just watch someone. Someone's just going to write something about it it's gonna tell you all the extra information in there that's true yeah it's like only because i only for the reasons why he like had to bow out i want to see him do well with this i always support a creative vision i love the story of a guy who just tried to make something but (laughs) i'm the rich person that analogy (laughs) it's like jordan loves (laughs) loves people (laughs) loves to see creative types you know see their vision through Snyder Cut, colon. Snyder Cuts, Jordan. No, hold on, wait. No, not that. Um, so that's March 18th. Someone let me know how it was. Caitlin. Yeah. I saw a story on io9 this morning. Oh. Explain to me Star Trek Voyager's episode Threshold, which celebrated its 25th anniversary this week. Do you know this name? Do you know this episode by title, Caitlin? Oh, I don't know. Uh, are, are you talking about... The the weird, like, lizard sex episode? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Friends, uh, Voyager ca- was a- capsule, capsule synopsis. This is an episode of Voyager where a uh, pilot and helmsman, Tom Paris, breaks the warp 10 threshold and yep. then slowly starts devolving or evolving yep. into some sort of lizard person, uh-huh. grabs Janeway, Janeway, yep. the captain, 
Kate fucking Mulgrew, patron saint of this podcast, breaks the warp 10 threshold again, and they find both of them now as quadrupedal lizard people with a bunch of babies. Mm -hmm. Are we to assume that Tom Paris had sex with Janeway as a lizard person? Or Janeway had sex with Tom Paris. (laughs) Hey-oh. I'm here with the deep cuts. Caitlin. Yeah. Explain yourself. Okay. There is an episode of TNG where everyone devolved. There's uh-huh. a weird virus and everyone starts to de-evolve. So. Did, did Roe have sex with uh, Picard in that episode? Uh, no, but there is an episode where. Uh, the, um, what's her name? Who left after the first year had sex with Data? Yeah, they really retconned that, didn't they? I remember that. They didn't retcon it. Did they retcon it? No. Did they acknowledge they that they had sex in that one year that she was around? Yeah. Damn. And there was like a great line. My man Data. My man like, Data. Are wasted. you fully functional? And he's like, yes. <laughs> Anyways, he no, he had like this soft spot for her and like kept a picture of her. My man Data wasted no time. No. Um, so there's like, so people point out all the time. They're like, this is so stupid in Voyager. I'm like, you have you ever watched TNG? <laughs> Especially first season, but not just. Like, there are episodes that pop up that I'm like, oof, TNG, what are you doing? Apparently so, this episode of Voyager also featured Tom Paris vomiting up his own tongue, which, I mean, that sounds chill. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. Um, what else was out there from the makers of Shin Godzilla? By the way, have you seen Shin Godzilla? No, I haven't seen any Godzilla. No Godzilla. Ever. Oh boy, I'm having a Caitlin moment that occurred to me the other day. We always <laughs> say where we think we're running out of things, but then things pop up, and it's like, ooh, buddy. Uh, yep. That'll that'll be coming. Uh, from the makers of Shin Godzilla, apparently they are not because of whatever deal they have with Legendary and the people making uh, North American Godzilla movies. They have to like chill on making their own Godzilla movies right now, live action. So they are making <laughs> Shin Ultraman. Apparently they're just starting the shared the shared Shinverse. So Shin Ultraman is going to be coming from the same team. Interesting. Be interesting to see that. Um, I don't want to talk too much about Shin Godzilla and why I like it because. You will get it at one point. We can have that discussion then. Um, okay. But I'm interested to see how that take is going to move on to the Ultraman sort of, what are they called? Tonkatsu type of type of show. Um, but yeah, the first trailer, you can find the trailer for that on the YouTubes. Exciting news, sort of. I don't have this in front of me, so hold on one sec. After the tease from the summer where we thought we were going to get this news and we just end up getting a... <laughs> the cast of an audio play <laughs> or an audio book. We now have uh, official casting announcements for the Netflix adaptation of Neil Gaiman's speaking of patron saints of this program, Neil Gaiman's seminal comic book, Sandman. Do we get more or is it still just the two? Oh no, we, we've got a, we've got a few. We've got, oh. we've got six or seven. So friends, before I get into the, uh, you know, casting announcements, just a brief setup of like what the Sandman is. It's basically the Sandman was Neil Gaiman was offered like a bunch of characters, like B list DC characters when he started working in comics uh, to try and put a spin on. And the Sandman was like a silver age superhero. He might've been in the justice society. I don't remember. Um, He's basically a dude with like a gas mask and a gun that shot sleep sand or, you know, something (laughs) and put people to sleep. Um, 
that was basically all there was to him. And Neil Gaiman uh, went, took a bunch of Caitlin's drugs and <laughs> came back with this proposal where even though they shared the name and did have a connection, this Sandman was Morpheus, the Lord of Dreams. And he went real dark fantasy and just insane. And the concept of the endless, which was dream, death, desire, all these things that are concepts, but not gods because gods die when you believe in them. Hey, if you watch American gods, you heard that, heard that idea spit out again. It first came up in the Sandman went for 75 issues. It's highly won a Hugo award. And then they made special rules that comic books couldn't be, couldn't win Hugo awards anymore. Cause people yeah. got, people got mad. Um, super groundbreaking. And the first arc of the Sandman involves him being captured by, um, a sorcerer, Magus, whatever you want to call him. Um, he gets captured and imprisoned for like a century by this guy, Roderick Burgess. And it's basically the story in the first issue he gets out. And then the next six issues of that story arc are him. He's got tools, right? He's got things that he lost when he was captured yes. that he has to reclaim. Yes. Um, and it's also what happens. Morpheus rules over the dreaming, which is the, where you go when you dream. It's the realm you go to when you dream. So what happens when the guy running the shop ain't there anymore? And what, how, what does that happen? So you have people who fall asleep and never wake up. You have people who enter, you know, that thing where you wake up from a dream, but you're still in a dream. You have people who never come out of that. Um, things go it's fucking terrifying. Things go wonky. Um, so that's probably the storyline they're going to be working with, with this first, with this season of the show. Um, so bearing in mind those characters that have been announced. So we have Sanjeev Baskar as Kane and Asim Chowdhury as Abel. Yes, though that Kane and Abel, because another thing with the Sandman is, you know, it's all, he's also the prince of stories because stories inspire dreams and dreams inspire stories. They're all Kane and Abel are the first conflict, the first victim, the first murderer. Um, so they play a part in the dreaming as well. They hang out there. Uh, and they're constantly, one is constantly murdering the other, often to comedic effect. We have your man Tywin Lannister back in the building, Charles Dance. Is he a sir? Brick girl? Yes. Sir, I, I'll put respect on his name. Sir Charles Dance as Roderick Burgess, who is the uh, magician who ends up uh, capturing Dream. The most interesting flip, uh, well, maybe two most interesting flips. We have, I'm going to butcher this, I apologize, Vivian Akimpong as Lucien, who is the librarian of the Dreaming, was a pointy-eared white dude in the comic named Lucien. Now she is Lucien, um, who is the maintains the library where all the stories in existence, both that exist and never existed, uh, hang out. We have Gwendolyn Christie. What was her name in Game of Thrones? Oh, I can't Brienne remember. of Tarth. Sir Brienne of Tarth. Brienne Good of Tarth. Time. As Lucifer, yes, that Lucifer, that's another old story that plays a large part. And if we get three seasons out of this, season three is going to be fucking bomb, yo. Um, give me my Seasons of the Mist adaptation. Uh, that's going to be dope. She plays Lucifer, the ruler of hell, because one of Morpheus's thingamabobs ends up in hell. And he's got to go back there to get it. Um, Special consideration for one other supporting character I will get to in a moment, but uh, top of the card is Tom Sturridge as Dream. I don't know who this man is or what he's ever been in, but he's got the look, Kate. Uh, which I believe I said gangly in English God. <laughs> yes. Um, very angular face. Looks like he stepped out of a Joy Division album cover. Uh, <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically what you want out of, uh, listen, friends, 
I was barely there, but if I was like a teenager in the eighties, Dream inspired the look of Morpheus and more so his sister Death uh, inspired basically goth culture for this smooth seven years. I'm gonna say more, even more so because there's still like this so. legacy of it. Um, he looked like he looked like Robert Smith of the Cure. Basically, he wore this like black robe. He was pure white skinned, toothly Robert Smith Cure hair, um, and this dude. He's gonna he's gonna look amazing, Kate. When Nail, they, he nailed it. When they do this guy up, he he looks basically like a Sam Keith illustration. Like he's he's amazing. <laughs> um, special shout out though that I gotta give on the supporting characters <laughs> playing the Corinthian, a nightmare that escapes from the dreaming, is your man Boyd Holbrook. And you know what else he was in, Kate? Do I? Narcos. Oh, oh, I should have known. <laughs> Good for him. Good for him. Um, he plays a suave-looking blonde dude with mouths on his eyes, so that's going to be fun. Um, and he eats eyeballs with the mouths on his eyes. Super fun. Uh, yeah, so that's your first rundown. Of, like, listen, there are, Neil even said, like, there there are hundreds of characters in this series. There will be other castings, but for our this is our first above-the-fold Cast announcement for the Netflix Dreams uh, Sandman series. I don't even know if we've started. This is from the article on Variety. Um, Gaiman is co-writing the series with David S. Goyer and Alan Heinberg. Oh, I didn't know that. That's a good trio. Um, Alan Heinberg has done very good work in a variety of genres. Um, it was ordered by Netflix to series in 2019 with a 10-episode commitment. And this is, yeah, this is the closest this production has ever come to fruition. Originally, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was attached to try and adapt this and star, um, which I was cool with at the time until I saw Tom Sturridge and I was like, yes to him. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, Sturridge was most recently seen in the 2019 film Velvet Buzzsaw and received Tony Award nominations for his work in Orphans and Seawall slash A Life. So apparently he is primarily from the stage, um... And that means he can act. And that means he can act. So I am excited, Kate McKinnon. I'm also excited. I also have some corrections to make. Oh, all right. Um, Charles Dance is not Sir Charles Dance <gasps> or Sir Walter Charles Dance. He just has an OBE, which to me is ridiculous. He's a member, of, he's a member of the British order, but not a knight of the British Empire. Um, and, uh, the name I was thinking of before, which is, I'm ashamed to admit, I just, it popped into my head as usual. Stuff happens all the time. Um, it was Tasha Yar that I was thinking of. And for some reason, Tasha Yar didn't even pop into my head. It was Denise Crosby, (laughs) who is the the actress who plays Tasha Yar. Um, but anyways, so yeah, those are the corrections for now. Uh, I'm sure she'll continue to insert as needed. Uh, One last item before we move on to updates. Sad news I saw this morning. We must pay tribute, Caitlin. We lost an icon. We did. As news broke that, again, I'm just just this quality, quality episode for me butchering names. We learned today that Nunuk Nuraini had passed away. At the age of 59, she was a flavor development manager, which is an amazing title. 
and I would like it to know how to get that path. job. Um, <laughs> she worked at the Indomie Instant Noodle Company. More importantly, she is the originator of the Migoreng Instant Noodle flavor, or fried noodle flavor. Y'all, you may recall when the world was young and this podcast discovered the Migoreng Instant Noodle <laughs> flavor, which is not a traditional instant noodle with a soup. It is one where you assemble the ingredients in a bowl, boil and drain the noodles, put the noodles into the bowl, and then kind of stir up all the sauce onto the noodles and kind of eat them not in a soup, just as noodles. It changed our lives, y'all. It did. I don't know that I have yet to even really find a better instant noodle than Migoreng. And I haven't had it in a while because I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to get too accustomed to it. Didn't want to lose its specialness, you know? Yeah, I get that. But it is hard to freaking top, y'all. And we salute you, Nunuk Nureini. Hats off. Hats off and colon's blown for all the <laughs> instant noodles we have eaten in our life that you brought to us. Salute to the God. Kate. Yeah. Do you have any updates for me? Um, not really. <laughs> uh, I watched all of Vera. What is Vera again? <sighs> Vera is a police procedural that stars... This uh, DCI name, Vera, she says it all the time and I always miss it. Vera, uh, hope something. Oh, this is, Um, and she's a dowdy old lady and has your wardrobe, right? Yes. Yes. Um, I just, oh, DCI Vera Stanhope. Um, and I love her so much. Um, She's on par with Jessica Fletcher for old lady love. Whoa, whoa, I know, I know. Jessica Fletcher, I think, is a little... I don't know. I just love how miserable she is. (laughs) It entertains me all the time. Um, There is a joke in one of the episodes where her partner has a young family, and he has she has to take care of two of his small children she is not good with kids and one of the his little girl says to her um are you stalin and she goes i'm sorry what she's like Every, everybody in the house calls you stalin and she's like yep, yep i guess that would be me um and it comes up a couple times um yeah. she's always making him work late and yeah so I just I really like it. I like how they it's a mix of uh good old fashioned police work, uh, detecting, um doing research and she'll give them tasks to do that are really arduous, so things like um going through phone records and stuff. Like that isn't fun for police officers. It's really time consuming. Um and so all of them will groan <laughs> as she does this. Um but there's also some forensics in there and not unrealistic forensics like CSI. Um, they've got, you know, they only can do so much. So anyways, I, I really like it. I really like the show. I really like the characters. Um, obviously I really like her. Um, and they've been, the series has been going on since 2011, I think. Um, and they're up to like nine series, I think. 
ten. That's, Sorry, that's ten, a, and then there. It's like what seventeen episodes? Uh. N- there's four episodes per season that's a british the tv joke are, y'all it's a british tv yeah. joke but the, the episodes are an hour and a half oh jesus yeah like it's a full it's a very pbs <laughs> this is like when sherlock drops and it's like it's only three episodes but each episode is like a three-hour movie yeah exactly so um yeah but i really really enjoy it and i'm excited for the next season um but now i'm i thought this was gonna last me for a while um but i've had a lot of filing to do at work and so i watch it in the background Mm. um because they also do that good um murder she wrote thing where the music picks up when you need to pay attention um but anyway, so I thought this was going to last me for a lot longer, and it did not. This is like that. Uh, this is like so. that when Abed ran out of Cougar Town to watch, or Cougar Town got canceled, and they were trying to find another yeah. show. So in the in that, with that in mind, Caitlin, might I suggest a little program yeah. called One Piece? Kate's um, got like nine hundred fifty episodes. You'll never run out. No. <laughs> is there an old lady at the middle who solves mysteries? <sighs> it wouldn't surprise me. I do like Rosemary and Time, so I might give that a shot. You are just, I don't even know what language you're speaking right now. <laughs> Rosemary and Time is a British is this the British crime old, drama. Is this the British old lady Rizzoli and Isles? Like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, like, they, but they are, they're uh, landscapers, oh but they God. also solve mysteries. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's, I like it. Wow. <laughs> Anyways, um, so, yeah. Actually, you know what I'd really like? I'd really like a crime show about art theft. It's like a billion trillion dollar industry or crime. Um, I don't know what to call it. Crime type of crime that no one ever talks about. We're we gonna put we're gonna put eighties anime cat's eye back on the list then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, so um, if anyone has any suggestions. Uh, <laughs> That and I mean, keep in mind, I've seen a lot. But if you have suggestions of something you really like, I've tried Midsummer Murder. Don't really like what about, it. Uh, what about um, what about Lupin? Not the cartoon, the French one that everyone's all the new one. Well, up he's about. An, but he's a, a thief. Yeah. I want a show about people catching art thieves. Oh, you're the worst. But I actually am going to try Lupin because uh, apparently it's really good, and I think that that main guy seems very charismatic. Yeah. You know what? Which you Lupin know what? Needs to be. You know what? Okay. Let's both try Lupin. We'll do it next week. Okay. Um, book it, Vince. Book it. Um, I've also I rewatched Captain Marvel. Um, just because mi- I, just wanted, I was really sick yesterday, and I needed something to just like after work that I could just put on, and it was com- comforting mm-hmm. and funny, and I love her so much. <laughs> Uh, she's just she's really really charismatic and charming, and I love that about her. Um, I think it makes her a great Captain Marvel. But as far as like superhero movies go, this one is not breaking the mold. It's fun. I mean, and there are some great parts in it. Um, I know you'll give it to me at one point, but I mean, it's got to set up her entire character for an audience that does not know who she is, right? So exactly, and and they do a good job of that, and they do a good job of of you know. Uh, getting Fury into the fold and and Shield and anyways they just I think they did a really good job with everything they had to do and and it is a fun superhero action film it's a lot of fun um, it's just it's not um, uh, Winter Soldier right like it it didn't do something 
completely different. Um, and so I think people were like, this is just a superhero film. Yeah, it is Doug. Um, shots to Doug. Yeah. Shots fired. Um, and then of course, uh, I, as soon as Chris got home last night, which was quite late, we watched Wanda and vision. Okay. Dude, then is that all you got? Do we want to just then merge our updates into, to, into the WandaVision talk or? Sure. Sure. All right. Cause I watched it. Yeah. I watched it last night too, when I got home. So it's the Splaney episode. Splain. <laughs> Explain. Time, time to explain. Time to explain. Wandavision. Explain. Um, so yes, at the end of episode three, you saw uh, Monica Rambo, aka Geraldine. Although everyone with an internet connection knew she was Monica Rambo, um, get shucked out <laughs> of sitcom town and into the real world. This was basically the first three episodes told from the other side of the barrier, um, which is always a fun, a fun trick. Um, thought it was well done. But me being me, I was so engaged from the first, like, five minutes and immediately texted someone cute who is much more up-to-date on uh, on Marvel than I am and was like, did they ever spend any time before this, really, on how it impacted the world when all these people came back? And she was like, no, they just kind of blipped back. This was the first time they ever really – like, a hospital being like, Jesus Christ, we cannot <laughs> accommodate these people and losing their minds. I was like, that's great. Holy shit. This, yeah. is, a, this is some leftovers type shit. Like, I want to yep. deal with this. And because it's Marvel, and I understand this is how it has to be, it was done in like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Boo earns. Someone <laughs> give me my uh, D- Disney Plus. You have more money than God. Let me write. Let me write the Marvel leftovers show. <laughs> People readjusting, actually readjusting back to the world. I know they tried to do that in Endgame a little bit, where there was like you know, yeah, trauma hot going to his uh, going to his support group or whatever. But um, <laughs> but I don't think trauma hawk ever went to a support. No, group. who went to the support group? They showed a support group. No, That's how they, they like. Showed a, it was. Ca- it was. Ca- I'm pretty sure it was Captain was it Marvel. Cap? And it was one guy talking about like his partner being gone. Yeah, that's when that's um, when Marvel Studios wanted a cookie for admitting that gay people exist. Yes, and then uh, when people came back, there was some scenes with um, uh, Ant Man and his daughter, mm. who had obviously was five years older, and that was pretty right. heartbreaking. Um, but um, in this version, yeah. like you know, yeah, time went on. I don't think I realized that, yeah, time had progressed when all these people came back after, like, time had progressed. Yeah. Sort of thing. So when Monica Rambo comes back, her mother, yeah, beat the cancer that she was uh, in the hospital for when she got snapped. But when she got unsnapped, five years had passed, her mother's cancer had come back, and she didn't survive. She died three years before Monica came back and had to, like, take in that info. So that that's our, I mean, it's our setup to position her. Um, for why she's maybe so reckless when she just kind of like bolts it. Did she bolt? No, she kind of got sucked in, right? She walked up to it and then got sucked in. Yeah, well, though, though her FBI friend is like, uh, Monica, Monica, (laughs) Monica, stop doing that. Basically. Um, and I think she's just really fascinated. And she, and then, yeah, she gets sucked in. She goes back to sword, which did that exist in Captain Marvel first? Was that acknowledged? No, 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 sword did not exist yet. She goes walking back into sword, which apparently has always existed. Um, but this is the first time we've seen it. Um, and basically she's been grounded. It was, there were space, you know, obviously it's alluded to that there were space flights and outer space stuff, but she can't do that because her mother left a protocol that if these people came back, 
this is what we were to do with them. So she's been grounded, which is why she gets sent out to this, you know, weird missing persons case out in New Jersey where she meets up with Randall Park, who's playing an FBI agent, Agent Wu, and noticing some weird things that, like, these two police who are standing outside in front of a sign that says Westview refuse to acknowledge that the town exists and that they are from a town called Eastview. And then they drive yeah. away. <laughs> and this is all very odd. And they walk up to it, and Monica goes in a little closer and notices the kind of, like, you know, TV distortion and get sucked into it. And then you have a whole thing where a multi, multi-agency response sets up around, sets up a perimeter type of thing. And you see the return, which some of us already knew. I knew. Um, don't remember her character really anything about what she did in that movie. But Kat Dennings uh, reprising her character from the first Thor movie. Who is uh, in... And second Thor movie. Okay. Caitlin. What? No one is caping up for accuracy for the Dark World. I'm sorry. Mew Mew. <laughs> reprising her role from the Thor franchise as the I don't remember the name but she's an astrophysicist is she an astrophysicist is that what she says she is um I believe that's what she says and she's the one who notices this weird radiation and that it's like you know kind of like cathode ray TV signal type stuff and like gets an old timey TV and she's the one watching that you see in the first episode and you see the radio broadcast from the second episode from their sides of things and your big womp womp is it goes right up to the end of the third episode where Monica gets chucked. They're watching the really creepy moment where she tries to play like she tries to break through to Wanda. Like obviously Monica has already realized that she kind of realized what's going on and tries to push Wanda a little bit. And when Pietro comes up, says, you know, he was killed by Ultron, wasn't he? And Wanda blips her out of town. It was like, you got to go. You see what that looked like. Because all we saw was a blip in episode three. You see her go flying through, like, every house in town. Yeah. And rocket out of the, uh, rocket out of the dome that's kind of settled over this area. And the only thing she said, the last thing she says before it cuts to black is, like, it's Wanda. It's all Wanda. Which, I think most people going into this, I still feel like we're trying to play catch up. Like, I like the episode. But for me, knowing what I know about how that character is played out in the comics, I'm like, okay, where are we going? Where are we going? Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Um, still a good episode though. I really, I really liked it. Um, your thoughts? Uh, it just, uh, it didn't last long enough. Like I wanted there. It's really hard watching week to week. Mm. <laughs> Is this how TV used to be? Baby, um, you baby. Well, no, because TV used to be more like on this episode on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm. Um, so it's really hard when it's all basically cliffhangers, right? Yeah. Um, or you're sort of impatiently being like, okay, let's, I want to know exactly what's happening and how they're going to stop it and all of that. Though I loved seeing Monica Rambeau. I was devastated that her mother had passed. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I was excited that they brought, characters in because it gives me hope for thing people like characters like daredevil um and in future projects Mm -hmm. um but yeah i just yeah i really really enjoyed it but i just enjoyed it because well i knew i was gonna enjoy it the writing was good um there are parts that were funny um and uh and but i want i want so much more and Give me all of it. Just stuff my face full of it. You know what you can stuff my face full of? What? Randall Park. 
But that dude and everything. Yeah, apparently he was in something else in Marvel, but I can't... Really? Yeah, mm. I don't... I do not remember what it was. Oh, Park appeared in a bit role in 2018's Ant-Man and the Wasp as FBI agent Jimmy Woo, who monitors Scott Lang while he's under house arrest for following that's blah, 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 blah. There we go, okay. I was like, I don't remember him. Listen, normally I like to roll my eyes at people who, like, you know, go for the Marvel check. Like, Ethan Hawke just got announced as, like, maybe playing the villain in Moon Knight. Oh, like, else, but it's like, okay. It's like, it's always like, oh my God, is that the last person who didn't take a Marvel check? Like, I, I just remembered the other day that Annette Benning was in fucking uh, <laughs> Captain Marvel. Like, yeah, yeah, she did a great job. Um, and most times I kind of roll my eyes at that, but you know what, Randall Park, get the bag. Get the bag, my dude. Yeah. Get all that Marvel money. Um, yeah, good ep. I mean, no one is surprised that it was a good ep. I, I, and I am happy that we did not. I still think they pushed it a little too long. Before pulling the curtain back a bit. And I also think maybe the first three apps could have dropped at the same time. Right. Um, you could have done a drop of the first three and then move to this. But, I mean, you want to own the conversation, right? You want to make sure that we talk about it on this podcast. And every podcast talks about it for the next month. So, that's how they that happens. They got your wish. Uh, other f- quick updates from me. Uh, Demon Slayer came to Netflix. Which, I mean, I was already yeah, watching it. Yeah, I remember on... you sending me that text. You're like, okay. Well, I was already watching it on Crunchyroll. I don't know what's... What's more nuts, uh, that Demon Slayer just randomly came to Netflix or that I was alerted to this fact because it was the number nine, like the top nine show in Canada that day. Like an anime was like, when you looked at the Netflix top 10, it was like, you know, whatever, Bully Empire or whatever trash they were selling, you know, Mank and, uh, Demon Slayer. I was like, what a bizarre fucking world this is but i mean go ahead um let's really get the netflix bump going <laughs> so i watched another like four or five of that this week um the real bakugo showed up <laughs> remember when we uh, talked about it the first time and i thought that dude at the uh, at the training was the actual bakugo it wasn't it's the dude yeah. with the pig boar uh head oh, no. who just always wants to fight he was apparently raised by wild animals so i mean i'll give it to him i guess uh did he yell a lot oh boy does he Oh, I saw a clip right. on YouTube of the voice actors sitting around, like, doing one of their live streams from that, because there's, like, like I said, a Love Live girl does Nezuko's voice, so I was like, has she ever done any live streams? Of course she has, everybody does live streams for everything. <laughs> um, definitely one brief two-minute clip I saw was, like, the dude who plays the blonde talking about how when he and Pig Guy, when they're recording together, like, everyone else in the room just, like, ugh, instinctively, like, jerks back because they're just yelling all the time. So much yelling, yo. Um <sighs> It's still fun, and if it's on Netflix, whoo, Lord, we're just going to roll through that. Lastly, promises were made on this program last week. I said I was not going to be defeated any longer by the Ryu Murakami novel Coin Locker Babies, which I bought in 2002 at a bookstore that no longer exists in Toronto, before I even lived in Toronto. This book has accompanied me through three cities and multiple apartments, and I took the pandemic as an opportunity to finally dig into this and read it that was in april i still hadn't finished and i proclaimed possibly boldly that i was going to finish that novel before we recorded again and caitlin i did yay yay it's not good y'all oh boo if you're 22 and want like a less coherent version of fight club go ahead Anyway, we're going to move on to more fun books after that. Very exciting. I think I'm going to read a charming love story, Strange Weather in Tokyo. 
Uh, friends, it's an exciting day here on the Geek Down Podcast. We're going to take a break hey, right then. now. When oh, we come back. Yeah. yeah. It's Cobra Kai Day. It is. Who's ready to wax on, wax off? Nobody. Because we don't do that at Cobra Kai. Because <laughs> you want to know why? Johnny doesn't give a shit. Because <laughs> if you do that, you're a pussy. You're a, you're a pussy. I'm going to get into Cobra Kai and all the ways in which it isn't, isn't a pussy when we come back from this break. This is the half of the show where we sometimes talk about the things we brought each other, but recently we've talking about the things that we both have been watching. Just the things that are kind of out in the ether that everyone seems to be watching but us. Yeah, we're doing a little bit of a catch-up. A little catch-up, a little January catch-up, new year, new year, new us. <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to continue for February, though. <laughs> Maybe, we don't want to burn through what few selections we have left. Listen, the show is amorphous, it's always changing, it's what you love about us. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but even though it's amorphous and changing, there are hard rules. Though. Unbending rules <laughs> to this amorphous <laughs> podcast. That's what we feel like. <laughs> um, the first rule is the rule of three, which is if the thing comes in parts, we will watch, read, consume three of them. So the thing gets a chance to become the thing it is trying to become. Mm-hmm. This does come in parts, so we have hopefully watched through them. Yes. The second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. This is the rule that we will not talk about the thing that we have watched until we are sitting in front of these microphones. And this week, it was very difficult. Was it? It was. Oh, I love those. It was. <laughs> Uh, the third rule isn't really a rule, actually. It's more of a policy, is that there will be spoilers I don't think you can really spoil the show. I mean, not in the first three. No. You could spoil some things later on. And I have seen, okay, so, full disclosure, I've seen the first season and a little bit of season two. So, Okay, so uh, spoilers may abound. If you don't like spoilers, get the fuck out. You heard her. But like, nicely, you know, like a friend says it, like, <laughs> oh, you bitch. Like, get the fuck out. Um, like that. Oh, get Like, the... go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Eat glass. <laughs> Look at that. You know? That's what friends do, right? You know, things you, things you, friends. The things you tell your friends. Go fall down the stairs. <laughs> it's, that, it's, that, it's, that I, it's that I think you should leave sketch of the girls at brunch. <laughs> Stuffing my face with these ugly pig dogs. <laughs> Fucking hate them so much. Wish they fell down the stairs. Uh, I hope you have to spend Christmas in the emergency. Um, Maggie, you can't say that. What? I'm just doing what you guys did. Watch that show. Don't watch that show. It's a little too weird for us. But Oh, I, I really like that show. Watch Detroiters instead. We're not talking about that right now. We're talking about a thing that I knew about culturally previously. And then just seemed to blow the fuck up for reasons that I will get to in a moment. But not the least of which, someone cute was like, oh my god, this show's amazing. And I was like, is it amazing though? Because I know what this show is, and I did not think that this was a world that really merited the type of show we're doing right now. And then I watched it, and I was like, oh my god, it kind of is great. <laughs> yeah. 
And we will get into that right now when we talk about Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai is an American martial arts comedy drama streaming television series. How's that one? Is that a good one? Is that enough? Um, I guess. <laughs> Kate would have liked I a mean, it more. could use it could use a little bit more. At any rate, is the series based on the original Karate Kid films by Robert Mark Kamen. Shout out my 30 and ups. The series was created by Josh Heald, John Hurwitz, and Hayden Schlossberg, and stars Ralph Macchio and William Zabka, who reprise their roles as Daniel LaRusso and Johnny Lawrence from the 1984 film The Karate Kid. Set 34 years later, Cobra Kai examines the, quote, Miyagi-verse. Which is fucking amazing. We'll get to it. (laughs) Basically, they're taking the narrative of The Karate Kid and showing it 34 years later from Johnny, the quote, villain's perspective and his desire, his decision to reopen his former karate dojo, which was called uh, Cobra Kai and thus rekindling his old rivalry with Daniel. Cobra Kai also stars Courtney Hengler, Zolomar Duena, Tanner Buchanan, Mary Mauser, Jacob Bertrand, Gianni Desenzo, and Martin Cove. This is why this was confusing to me. So this show started in 2018 as part of YouTube's attempt to make original content. Get some, yes. get some IP, license some IP, make some new IP out there. So this aired on YouTube as a paid thing um, in 2018, and a second season debuted on 2019. And then they finished production on season three, and YouTube was like, nah, turns out people don't really like paying for this thing they've had for free for like 15 years. Um, so they cancel it. Netflix picks it up in June 2020, and on New Year's Day this year, they drop season three. And once again, we have the Netflix bump, where suddenly the show that's been around for three years, everyone just kind of watched on masse because they were bored, bored in the house, and they were in the house bored on New Year's Day. It was like, Cobra Kai, I remember that, or I heard about it, or what's that? I remember that from The Karate Kid. And suddenly, the bomb drop, everybody's watching Cobra Kai. Yeah. Now, I was skeptical like i said i did not think that the karate kid or the miyaki verses we're calling it which i did not know was a thing we were calling it until this moment did not think there was enough meat on that bone to merit a sort of reappraisal or you know expanded universe i didn't know that we needed expanded universe content from the karate kid universe but i have many thoughts about this show having watched the first season kate how much did you watch I'm halfway through episode eight. Okay. Also, also, you had said last week you were going to do, Senior Correspondent had not seen anything from the Miyagi-verse, and you were going to do a rewatch of at least the first film before you dove into this. Did that happen, or? No, it did not. Well, then, forget um, that line of correspondent, uh Senior Correspondent worked late okay. every single day, so it just, like, did not happen. Um, and I was like, I really want to start watching this. Because I, you know, I was like, well, three episodes are really short. I probably can bang it up really pretty quickly, watch something else. And then I continued to watch the show even after Senior Course came home. So, Kate, how do you like this show? Um, It's really weird. It's inconsistent, and it's but it's really easy to watch. And some of the good parts are fantastic. And some of the bad parts are just, they're not, they're not horrible. They're just, they're okay. Um, it is improved as it's gone along, mm-hmm. uh, for sure, for sure. 
Um, and there are some absolute breakout stars uh, that I'm like, can they get their own spinoff? <laughs> so I am of like, I am with this show. I I am the meme of the like star solar system galaxy brain like <laughs> take. <laughs> My, like, star brain take is, like, it's just, it, it's a good show. And it's a little better than it has any right to be at times. If I yes. go full galaxy brain, you know, my, my solar system brain is, like, this is trying to be a modern version of an 80s film or TV show. Which I think you get from just Johnny's, you know, the way Johnny views the world, the way the title cards are always laid out. Like, you know, that's, you know, the cars, you know, the music. Um, the swagger with which, you know, Johnny carries himself, like it's trying to do an updated version of, you know, eighties aesthetic. Um, that's made my solar system brain take. My galaxy brain take is like, this is a really effective examination of, uh, trauma and two guys in pe oh. who peaked in high school and yeah. like, and how that, the ways in which that plays out as they try to like reemerge in the present as, you know, better versions of themselves. Um, yes, yes. And then an exploration of, of the past and the, the, the hold the past can have on you and how it can stunt your future. Yeah. So what did, what did you, what did you like about it the most? Oh, the most, um, I've got, and I know this was not going to last because I know this is the kind of story it is, but so far my favorite, I think it's in episode eight. It's sort of just happening where Johnny and, Daniel are actually getting like they're spending time with each other and they both start singing to that. Oh my god, is that the song? episode? Is that when they heard Speedwagon in the in the car? Yes. That was fucking amazing. Yeah. And they both so start singing to Speedwagon and it's just this really uh, there's something about that scene that's really like, you know, there is a possibility of mending fences. Um of creating a bridge, uh, you know, after that, um, Johnny talks about how, uh, he actually didn't have a dad. He had a really huge asshole of a stepdad. Right. Does that make Johnny's actions toward Daniel less so? No. Um, they're in, I can't remember if it's that episode or the episode right before that, uh, Johnny tells Miguel okay, about... Yeah, I didn't know if you'd gotten to that point yet, but yeah, the scene, I had seen that clip before I had watched any of the show where he basically recounts the plot of the first movie from his perspective intercut Which with like the original footage. And it's really funny. It's but so also, good. It's like, it's his perspective on it. Right. Um, it's like this old dude yeah. showed up and beat the shit out of us. I think my buddy got brain damage. Like, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, wait, they did an old man beat the shit out of a bunch of teenagers. That shouldn't happen. Uh. And then, and then, uh, I mean, he did the same thing, but, and then, uh, uh, I hadn't seen this kid for months and he just, just turned the hose on. <laughs> like, I just, it was this really interesting, funny way that memory and, and remembrance, um, co you know, collide would really happen. Everyone has a version of the same story, blah, blah, blah. Mm. I, and there was a, there's a funniness to it, right? And that's, they do this really interesting balance between dramatic and, f and funny. And their funny is at sometimes like laugh out loud funny. Um, the, so the, 
character uh, Miguel. Um, he's played, who you said, Zolo Maradueña. Um, so sorry about these pronunciations. Sorry? <laughs> We're so sorry about these pronunciations. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, but uh, he he is okay. Like, he's he, he plays this, like, he gets better as the series goes on. He's a little rough at first acting-wise. Mm. Um, uh, now, William Zabka does, he's amazing in this. He's the guy who, who plays the, the bully. This fucking dude, like... <laughs> Like I, what has he I been doing for thirty years? Like, tell me he was getting work. Like, I am consistently amazed by his performance. Ralph Macchio, he's fine. Like, he's playing like a dad. Like, he's fine. He's yeah. fine. He's a lame but dad. William, he's got there's no there's no real not a lot of real like nuance or complexity to what he's doing. But no, Zabka. Uh, but William Zabka, like, can like, and it really is. You know, they split the time, but really it's more of a story about him. Oh, yeah. Um, I just, I'm astonished. I almost, um, I almost think there's I almost think there's too much LaRusso, to be honest. I feel the same way. But anyways, um, uh, there's a character named Dimitri, uh, who's one of the kids, who's one of uh, Miguel's friends, played by Gianni DiCenzo. That kid, the delivery of his lines... Has me howling. Is that the nerdy awkward kid? That's not the one who turns into Mohawk, right? No, that's the other no, one. No, no, that's the friend who's like, I got yelled at, I got punched, <laughs> and then I gave him my money. He's <laughs> like, I'm good. And I just, he just, he consistently comes out with these gems. The writing for him is really good, but the delivery is really what kills it. Um, Honestly, Kate, there's like fucking Skywalker shit going on here because we haven't even talked about Johnny's kid yet. Johnny's got a kid. Yeah. John, Jonathan again, Taylor Thomas, uh, volume t- two there. Uh, uh, yep. Yeah. Very close. Very, very, has a very nineties, like look to him. Who to, you know, essentially get back at Johnny starts hanging out with Daniel, gets a job at, first of all, Daniel LaRusso as head of LaRusso auto is no perfect. Love that. Of course. How, yeah. how would a guy who got everything, you know, quote unquote handed to him, how would his success manifest? Of course he'd be like, he'd still be in the same place, but he'd like be like the car dealer on TV type of thing. Like yeah. that's the level of success he would, he would get. Um, I thought that was just no perfect, but yeah, Johnny's kid starts getting a job there to piss off Johnny, but then kind of starts doing karate with Daniel and learning like, you know, the Miyagi style balance, wax just, on, wax off type of stuff. My only problem with that is that Daniel is not cool enough. <laughs> To hold this kid's attention. This kid was, like, robbing people's laptops <laughs> and, like, skateboarding and stuff. Like, yeah. I just – that. I mean, I do a buy, buy that he wanted a father figure and did not find that in his own father. And even though he initially went to just piss off, off his dad, I just – I feel like they're – I don't know. Yeah. So what I'm most interested about – with this show and why I know I will probably get through all three seasons of it is this is maybe a mild spoiler for you. I don't think so. It's been in all the title cards and the trailers and stuff. Johnny sensei reappears. By yeah, the, I thought he was supposed to be dead. You thought he was dead. And that's again, talking about the shifting perspectives you kind of have to have on this show as you move through it. You know, you kind of need to suspend your disbelief that, you know, 
a karate dojo in Reseda, California is like, you know, the biggest threat humanity has ever seen. And Ralph Macchio would like, you know, risk his entire, you know, career and business to <laughs> stop Cobra Kai at any cost. Um, or that this old Johnny's old sensei who had, you know, traveled the world doing black ops mercenary work. All he wanted to do was all he ever really wanted to do was come back to California and restart his dojo for teenagers. <laughs> Some of that shit you got to let go. But what I think ends up happening by the third season is you get the third element where like a kid like Hawk, who just wants to be alpha all the time, stays with Cobra Kai. And I think Johnny ends up breaking off into this like hybrid version, right? Like, because he's not full sold on what his sensei is trying to push anymore. He definitely has a moment by the end of the season where he reckons with the, you know, the no mercy idea and shouts to the, shouts to the actress playing Daniel's wife, who is like the only person with any sanity in this show. Really? Oh my God. I just love that. Even that when they're getting into a fight, she's like, do you want to come in for breakfast? Yeah. Also don't get any blood on the tile, please. It's amazing. And again, so perfect when like, you know, Daniel is wrong and he can even like admit it. He can be like, okay, so I should have told you that <laughs> your son yeah. was like hanging out with me all the time and like working for me and training here. Um, <laughs> but they'll like, you know, be having this fight. <laughs> Johnny will be like, yeah, sure. I'll have, you know, I'll have the scrambled eggs and he eats it all mad. And he's like, you got any ketchup? Like, <laughs> and then oh, actually like another very funny character is the son, Daniel's son, who I can't remember oh, his God, name. Oh, that kid, yeah. And he's just like, both him and Johnny are like the same person. And he's just like, douchebag. Johnny's like, dick. <laughs> to like, <laughs> to, to like a nine-year-old, yeah. Um, oh, but I mean, yeah, it's very, like you said, to the point where they're like in the car and like getting along, you do see these moments. And I think it's also going to be them teaming up against the old sensei by the end of season three. Um, yeah. How you see them like, they want to just let it go. And these guys are so similar in so many ways and they want to let it go. But then he sees, you know, inadvertently Johnny's kid shows up to train that morning as he's looking at his old dojo or he's looking at the you know dojo room that Daniel has set up. And he's like, so my kid's been coming here by, you know, behind my back the whole time type of thing. Like, and it, every, whatever progress they make just collapses in that moment. Um, again, it doesn't even, it sounds like such lame soap opera type stuff as I'm saying it. And I really hope the balance of like karate kid, the next generation, like that side, the high school side of things and the stuff that like the old farts, like you and me, like are interested in yeah. manages to, I obviously don't want to see it tilt too much towards the 90210 shit. Um, which I don't know. Or, or Riverdale <laughs> or River. <laughs> We that's my that was that's my fear in watching right is that it's gonna get ridiculous like right now i like the balance with high school where like they had the the principal give a speech being like you know i'm not gonna name names but someone's mother called to tell me that her son with a facial dis, uh disfiguration was crying because of kids picking on them and you're just like oh my god is this so real and visceral and true and like i like those moments um you know the idea that the kids are ignoring the speech about bullying because that's what kids do right um and and kind of in this weird way johnny is right that i i can't believe i'm saying that the, the 80s bully is right but johnny is right about needing to sometimes defend yourself because no one's going to do it for you mm -hmm. 
Man, I should learn karate when I was a kid. Learn karate now. Oh, but it's so much effort, and I don't have any bullies anymore. <laughs> Do you need me to start bullying you? <laughs> to, to inspire you to, inspire you to learn karate? <laughs> Cobra Kai is a solid eight for me. Yeah, it's an eight for me, too. Sitting on your Netflix. Get in on that discourse. Better than it has any right to be. And I was very surprised to to feel that way after I got into it. But I just couldn't, it, and it, couldn't stop watching it. Zopka for president. It's also, a, it's also a really easy watch. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, 20, it's short, 20, the episode. Yeah, 30 minutes tops, I think. Yeah, sometimes not even. Um, they're just like bite size amounts. It's pretty good pacing. Um, yeah. So that is on Netflix. Friends, do enjoy it. We are going to be back next week with, I guess, Lupin. I guess we'll do that. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Y'all know, y'all know have a soft spot for certain uh, iterations of the Lupin character. So we'll see if I, uh, we'll see how much I enjoy this. More perhaps closely hewn to the source material than a uh, you know third generation grandson with a samurai and a car that can drive up the side of mountains, but we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. It is French. Jordan. We'll see France. <laughs> we'll get into that next week, friends. If you want to give us any other suggestions, what are you watching that we're not checking out? Apparently, it's just all it's just watch Ram all the time now. But you go on that twitter.com slash geekdownpod and let us know. Otherwise, uh, we'll be back next week with some French thievery. Thank you so much for joining us, friends. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And we hope you will join us next week for another fan freaking tastic episode of Geek Down Podcast. Well... Put the timer on. Don't talk about shit we don't need to talk about. And let's do this. <laughs> the drugs. Are they kicking in? We hit? We good? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when Jordan hit the timer. <laughs> <laughs>